that he had intended us to be, that we lose the way of this world, and that we start acting inside out instead of outside in. So, these last uh, month or so, uh, this is episode number 10 of season 2. If you are just now tuning in, I'm so grateful and hope you stick around. I'm going to do a little recap on these last uh, nine episodes uh, today. Uh, there's a few more ideas scheduled up for the rest of uh, season two here. I think that uh, what God has put on my heart that hopefully each and every man that is listening will continue to benefit from what I feel God is leading me to uh, speak about and apply in my life and I hope that you are taking some of these things and applying them to yours especially the for me I know it's uh really stepping out of my comfort zone and being more comfortable and being uncomfortable. I know we hear that term a lot nowadays in a lot of different things, but I think it's so true that if we are truly walking in the word of Christ and in the spirit of Christ, then it is our responsibility to do and be in uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable situations, uh, speaking the truth of Jesus Christ into each one of those. Now, like I say, I'm not talking at you in this. I'm talking with you because this affects me in a lot of ways as well. Anybody who knows me will tell you that uh, the application process of knowing Jesus Jesus Christ's word, God's word, is the easy part getting out of our comfort zones and speaking Jesus truth in uh, those situations is a lot harder finding the right uh, avenue or the right moment. You know, we always, or I have found that I uh, miss a lot of opportunities to speak the truth in the people's life. And it's because Satan keeps, I keep listening to that second voice that, voice that satan puts in me uh that says i have no right to say what i'm saying but as i grow in christ uh, and there's still a lot to grow in me then i see those missed opportunities and it just starts with little changes man it doesn't have to be one big swoop uh it's just little changes in our habits and our wordings and our phrasings just being conscious of what we're doing and saying and bringing Jesus into each one of those being intentional and putting Jesus in each one of those so as we get into the show today uh, like I said the last nine episodes just a quick recap uh, we started out uh, season two with uh, losing your salvation um right and then we moved on to joy your happiness contentment action god and suffering 
abundance or lack, being a rebel, focus, and the temple. Um, as we talked about losing salvation, uh, like I said, I I don't believe we can lose our salvation once we have uh, truly accepted Jesus Christ in our hearts. Uh, like I said, there may be periods of time in our lives where we walk away from the faith, uh, that we start listening to the world. We get caught up in the world instead of the words of Jesus Christ. Um, I don't think Jesus will let us slip away that easy. I don't think that he is going to allow someone that he loves and knows truly in their heart that they have accepted him. They've just fallen away. He'll chase the 99, right? Or he'll chase the one, leave the 99 and chase the one, right? Uh, I truly believe that. So I don't think that you can lose your salvation, but I do believe it is possible for you to give it away. And that is to reject everything that you know to be true in your heart and soul that you know there is a God there is a creator of the universe and his son was Jesus Christ and he provided you the Holy Spirit and you just totally either never accept it which is more than likely because again my feeling and belief is that once you truly accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your life, you're not you're not going to give that up, that peace, that comfort, that enduring spirit that he has placed inside of us, right? So you can give it away because he does give us a choice that... You can give it away or never accept it. Same thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he gives you the choice to be with him eternally or not. So I don't think that you can lose it, but I think you can give it away and take it. Eh, no, I'll pass. Right? I do believe that is possible. But once you truly accept Jesus Christ into your heart, I don't believe that uh, you will lose it at that point. Now, that's a lot deeper topic, I think, than I'm qualified to talk about. This is just what I feel God has put on my heart and what my understanding at this time of our Lord and Savior is, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, this is just what I feel... Uh, and, and, and reading his word and what I know about the little I know about the character uh, of God from what I've experienced in my life and what I've seen in my life that that is the truth once you truly accept Jesus Christ into your life and he provides that wisdom and understanding and insight into his words and kind of putting it all together or what it means, then you're not going to, you're not going to give that away. Uh, just my belief is how I feel and how he's affected my life. Yours may be different. You may have chosen, uh, to not believe or 
think that it makes you cooler or your life is easier because you don't believe. And I I, I just don't see it, right? Life is going to be hard no matter uh, what. But when you have the peace and comfort of Jesus Christ, knowing that uh, your eternal future is in him and your internal place is with him, uh, I just don't think you give that away. Some people may, I may be wrong, but uh, I have to question if their faith was um, real and if their acceptance of Jesus Christ was real. Just from what I've seen in the people that I know uh, who truly do love and have truly accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, uh, see them go through some pretty hard things. Uh, the faith may waver a little bit, but it always returns stronger than what it was. Um, speaking from personal experience on that one, that's that's just where I stand on the losing uh, of salvation, right? So, uh, don't believe you can lose it. Believe you can choose to give it away, but I also think that that... Uh, you know, going into the next show, which was uh, episode two, which was uh, joy or happiness, right? I think that uh, in that show we talked about are you are you being happy or are you being joyful? Um, right, they're two different things. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is temporary. Uh, it doesn't last. You being happy is not what God wants because wants because he understands that happiness is an emotion. It is not something that is going to last. Our emotions change or our feelings change. Maybe it's not an emotion. It's a feeling, right? That happiness is a feeling, and feelings are fleeting. You can feel happy one minute and sad the next minute. So, happiness is not something God wants to place in your life. Happiness is something the world wants you to feed on in place of God. And uh, as we grow and understand and and work toward making our lives look more like Jesus, we understand that he wasn't happy about going to the cross at that moment. I mean, he prayed so hard to the Father that he bled, right? That He prayed so intensely that he bled out of his pores, sweat, or his sweat turned to blood because he was praying so hard. He wasn't happy in that moment, but I truly believe he was joyful for the outcome that was going to be done through his suffering. And when we operate from a position of joy, instead of just happiness, our lives become more focused on the big picture instead of the small picture. Happiness is a snapshot in time. Joy is a motion picture of our lives. So we want to operate out of the joy that God provides in our lives, 
through the small things. Joy is uh, something that we know, no matter what it looks like or how bad it is in that moment, the joy in it is there's always something good coming out of it, that God will use the worst of things in our lives in order to bring for us to see the joy. It's like seeing the sunshine after a week of stormy weather, right? Hey, our bodies are happy. They're joyful that they get to see the sun, that they get to be out in the sun and feel the warmth on their face. That's joy. Happiness is, yay, my team won the football game. Yeah, well, guess what? Next week, there's another one. They may get beat 65 to nothing, right? So let's choose joy over happiness. Let's choose to be joyful in all situations, which leads us to show number three, which was contentment. And contentment is having joy no matter our circumstances or situations. That we are able to find peace in the storm uh, through Jesus Christ. He provides us that peace and comfort just like he did with the disciples as they were going across the the ocean and the storm was getting bad and he was sleeping. He wasn't worried. He was content that he knew what was going to happen. And as followers of Christ, we can be content in the fact that he is in us. His spirit is in us. And we can be content that no matter how bad the storm gets, when we call upon him, his calming effect on us is the same as it was on the wind and the water with the disciples to ease our fear, to strengthen our faith, to make our ability to see past what's right in front of us. It's not that uh, we sit on our hands and wait for him to do it. We continue to do the things that he has called us to do in the face of the storm. And that is the key to contentment, men, is being content where he has you. We don't have to like it. We don't have to be happy about it. But we can find joy in it because God is taking the time in whatever storm or battle or whatever's going on in our lives. We can be find the joy and be content in that moment knowing that God is using it using it to glorify his kingdom, to glorify him and his kingdom through us, that our contentment is the peace that God trusts us with whatever he's giving us to battle through, to fight through. That's contentment when we take our refuge in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves, then we are content. And the fourth is now that we've found our joy and we're content, now it's time to take action. Because once we have the joy in our life that Jesus provides to realize to be content in any situation, that Jesus is our joy because we can see through the bigger storm, right? Now it's time for us to step into action. And action is that whatever God has placed in front of you, 
then we must take action in applying his will into everything he places in front of us. And that is with our spouses, with our kids, with our friends, with our business, whatever God has placed in front of us, time after time, we have to take action and move in it 100%, right? We have to go all in in what God has given us. And I am one of the worst. I can sit here and I can talk to you men and I can tell you this. This is what God has put on my heart. Do I always take action in that? No. It's kind of like what I said with this show not too long ago, right? That my action, my actions in this and getting this show out there and fully committing to be all in that this is what God wants me to do. I, I, even though we put out, even though I put out more than one show a week now, that's not it. I'm still not a hundred percent committed because there's that second voice, voice and voices telling me that this is not going to do what I would like to see it do. But you know what? I'd keep trusting in the Lord. And I keep doing these shows and I keep trying to learn more about how to be a better podcaster, how to put these shows together better, that what God is telling me, I deliver a clearer message to you men that are listening, because I really want you to grow and to be closer to God. And for us men collectively across this planet, in order to stand up and speak the truth of God in everything that we see. That I mean, we have we have to. That's the reason this show was started is because we see it all across the world. Men who do not have faith, who do not believe in the truth of Jesus Christ, or have heard a washed-down gospel of who Jesus really is, has chosen to let that second voice influence their life. And it's time for us men who do not believe in that second voice and by us leaning on each other, sharpening each other, growing with each other in God's word, then we take action to put that evil that is in this world to rest. That's the whole reason this show was started. Now, I have to improve on putting better quality content out so that I, through the will of God, make his words that he gives to me clear to you that may benefit your life. Make sense? It's not about me. It's about y'all. You know, like I said, I pray before every show that God would give me the words that will help each one of you in your lives in whatever area that you may be struggling with because like i said i'm a simple guy i'm an easygoing guy if i'm facing these struggles i know that every man out there is facing some of the same struggles and the words that he gives me and the experiences in my life that he's given me that i can share with you to help maybe you get unstuck from that position is the whole reason for this show and I thank each and every one of you, no matter where you're at in the world listening, I am so grateful that 
God has allowed me the opportunity to speak to you through this platform that he has allowed me to share my voice in this world in a way that I'm praying benefits each one that listens. So just know that we have to take action, not only with our fam- our families first and our, and our, these are our precious blessings, our spouses, our kids, right? Our friends, our close friends that are, that, you know, are believers and we're walking this life with and the ones who call you out when you're doing dumb stuff, right? Um, and whatever your business is, whatever, if it's politics, stay true to God's word, but take action. If we see the corruption in politics, then we need to take action to correct that. We need to step into that if that's what God's put on your life. If you've had the thought more four or five times that maybe you need to be in politics, maybe your voice is something that needs to be heard. Maybe you could do a better job. Maybe that is a calling that God has on your life. And you need to take action to step into that not for yourself but for the benefit of others because that's what we're on this planet for is to love others as we love ourselves after we love god with all our heart all our soul and all our minds so if politics is your thing if that's your gifting if that's what god has put on your heart take action and step into that right if it's coaching if it's teaching if it's whatever but bring jesus into every situation and when we as men can get back to implementing jesus into all that we do and all that we say every word that we speak is influenced through the holy spirit that is over us then this world will start to look like what god had intended it to look like but until then men it's not going to. So we have to be better at influencing everything around us with the Holy Spirit of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And now we get into one that's probably a harder topic in some aspects and areas that... Uh, and that's God in suffering. And I, this is a, to me, have going, gone through, uh, probably, uh, in my mind, in my emotional state, in, in my spirit, it, it was one of the biggest suffering things I've ever had to do in my life. And that suffer and watch my child go through and fight cancer. Right? The whole family, everybody, just watching everybody. And, you know, in reflection, knowing that, man, there's a lot of things I could have I done better, right? But God and his love for us has been so generous to me to show me that if I'm still here, then I have an opportunity to get it better right if i didn't handle it right in a moment his blessing to my life is that now i can uh, help 
each member of my family to better understand why we went through this. And the only way I can do that is by getting a better understanding God. And the one thing that I have come to learn through all of that was that our sufferings and our pain and our things that we go through are not entirely just for us. God will use those sufferings in order to grow us and build our character to where he wants us to be so that we can be who he needs us to be to help somebody else. So I think the biggest takeaway of all of this is that each individual suffering is not entirely for your for your benefit or your growth, but it is somebody else's hope. It can be somebody else's hope. And seeing how you activate your faith and lean on your faith through those suffering times, whether it's the loss of a loved one, whether it's battling cancer, whether it's battling addiction, whatever you're suffering through right now, God is using you in that moment to benefit and grow someone else. We're all connected by his power and through his spirit. And therefore, whether it's leading somebody to faith, helping somebody regain their faith, our suffering is for somebody else's benefit. So we can't waste that time, but we have to grow, put all these steps in order in order for us to be able to be stronger in our faith to learn more like i said i didn't do everything right through our journey with cancer with our nine-year-old daughter but what i did learn was that we have to uh be strong for not the one going through the battle but for others that are looking for hope in us through our suffering and God blessed us with a spirit that uh, I think that, it, like I said, it wasn't perfect and it wasn't pretty, but I believe that he used us in ways that I, that we don't even know right now, you know, and, and, and that's awesome. And I hope that that's what came out of it was a blessing to other people. So get on this show because I'm, I'm about to be running long because we still got a couple of more. So that allows us understanding that part of God's suffering for us allows us to operate from a position of abundance and not lack. Fear is operating from a position of lack, that we are missing something, that we don't have enough, that we're not enough to do what God has placed in front of us. And that is an operating position that I have been in for most of my 53 years in life. Where it came from, I don't know exactly. I can't pinpoint the moment that everything changed, right? I've always been an easygoing guy, just kind of let things roll and let things happen. But, you know... I think if I'm pinpoint pinpointing it to be able to call it out in order so that I can fix it is the fear of 
letting someone else down, the fear that I am not going to be able to meet what other people expect of me, right? So I'm operating at a position of lack or deficit already because I'm expecting things that other people may not be expecting, but in my mind, I'm thinking I'm already not enough for what they need me to do or what they want me to be or who they see in me or whatever, right? So I'm operating from a position of lack out of fear, which is operating out of a position of lack. But what I'm learning is that I am enough. Who God created me is enough. Like I said, I feel like that in some ways, God has given me a spirit of discernment. That's my thing. I can look at something. I can understand that this is probably because this, this, and this happened. And it happened in this way with these things missing or these things over excessive in it, how it's going to turn out. Right. And I, and I'm not, like I said, on, on the show, when we're talking about, I'm not a prophet, I'm not nothing. I don't consider myself anything, but a guy who's just trying to learn more and be more for God. And so we can't operate from that position of lack. We have to operate from abundance. And I am abundantly blessed by God because if I wasn't, I wouldn't have my beautiful wife, my loving wife that who really put me on track to learn more and be more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Without her, I wouldn't be talking on this show today. It's all because God led me to her and her faith and her strength put me on this path. So I'm operating now more from a position of abundance because I understand that God has given me abundantly in my life, my wife, my four children, right? I in no way, means, form, or fashion should ever have kids knowing my past. And if I keep focusing on that lack of who I wasn't in my past, instead of focusing on how much more abundantly God has prepared me to be their dad by my experiences in my life, then I am abundantly equipped to handle the children that I have because of his abundance, not mine. Because he obviously trusts me enough to put these children in my care and my supervision. Is it going to be right? No. But is it going to be what they need for the future? I pray and I believe that it's going to be. Right? And we have to take that they take away the good things and not the bad. And we focus on the good and not the bad. Because we're operating out of a place of, place of abundance, not a place of lack. So therefore, we must have confidence that God has entrusted them to us in order for us to operation operate from a position of abundance and not lack. God trusts us enough that we have it.
So now that all of these have been accomplished or we're working on them one at a time, running them down, implementing them into our lives, now we talk about being a rebel. And it kind of goes back to the action thing, right? So if we are truly walking in the Spirit of God and we are truly truly operating from a position of joy, contentment, right, and understand that we operate from a position of abundance because of the Holy Spirit that is in us and the trust that God has put in us to invite us into his family by accepting Jesus Christ, that when we put these together, right, and we understand that our suffering is for somebody else's benefit and we can put it on that so we operate from that position of abundance when we put all of these things together now we can be a rebel like jesus right god has given us authority over the earth right not to rule over humans but we are as men called to stand and be the leader right women have the same authority but when god can't comes looking for answers he's coming to us not the women and that's not a knock on women that that's just how god designed it so i don't argue with it that's just the way it is we have the same authority we have the same everything because they were taken from us so they are the same as us but when god comes looking he comes looking for the man for answers I mean, he knows the answers. We get that part, right? But the, it is on us to answer. It is on us to be the rebels of our time. We see the evil going on in this world. We see the corruptness going on in this world. We see people suffering because of the evil in this world. But yet, we're not fully, as Christian men, operating from that position of abundance. We're not seeing that suffering in the moment is preparing us for more for somebody else. And we're not taking enough action because we're not content that that's what God wants us to do. And we can't operate and we're not content because we haven't found the joy and peace of Jesus Christ. Cause that's where we need to be. And that's how we need to be. But we have to be a rebel. We have to, as Christian men, start speaking out against this stuff that's going wrong, no matter what it costs us. Jesus says it will cost us everything to follow him. And when we do that, he will take care of us. So it doesn't matter what we lose. It only matters what we gain in Christ by being the rebel that Christ was. Christ was a rebel to the religious functions and factions that were in place in his time in society he was a rebel against all of that and for us to look more like jesus christ we have to become a rebel no doubt about it now that's not a rebel in blowing up stuff and uh doing terrorist type attacks a rebel and a terrorist are two different things in my mind but we have to be a rebel against the wrongs that are going on in this world in order for us to look more like Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate goal for each and every human being on this planet. So, in order to do that and to become a rebel, focus has to be on the Word of God 
and Jesus Christ. Our focus has to be on how Jesus Christ lived his life. And our focus has to be on how we use these eight, nine steps that we need to implement these things in our lives to look more like Jesus. We have to focus on God and not ourselves. When we can focus on God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then then everybody else comes becomes more important than us. And when we're doing that, we're walking in God's will, and we are looking more like Jesus. But we have to focus on the words of God and what they're teaching us about ourselves. You know, we look... at the Old Testament and see it walked out for us, you know, in an example of the life that we should be living in Jesus Christ, right? So we need to focus on Jesus and not on ourselves, on what it's going to cost us, but focus on the glory and reward that Jesus will provide for us when we walk with him in our eternal bodies. And that leads us to the last show, and this is uh, in this little, I guess you'd call it kind of a series. Uh, I don't know exactly, but that's kind of what I'm calling it, so we're going to go with it. Uh, And that's the temple. And the temple is our physical bodies. We have to keep the temple clean we have to keep the temple primed and ready at any moment for God to call us into action and if our temple is not in the best physical health in the best shape it's got cobwebs growing on it and it's not really a temple it's more of a shack then we can't be used fully in how God wants us wants to use us And this is something I struggle with. I can talk it. I love it. I love learning about how the body works. And I love knowing just how simple it is, but how complex it is. And just amazement of what God has done, how the body is so complex and how everything works. But yet you can take this piece out and because God made it so perfect that it can still go in. And then in the Old Testament, these people were eating what God wanted them to eat and living their life for God. And they lived to 900 and something years old. But because we're moved further away from God, he changes to 120. And then in Psalms, it says it's now 80 if we're strong. And I'm like, well, that just proves the fact that if we keep our temple clean of all the physical impurities that are in this world, the evil that Satan says that we should partake in and we choose to go to the spiritual side and what says, no, that's wrong. We have to keep ourselves pure because that's how God intended us because God is holy, right? So we have to keep our temples clean. We have to be ready to be called into action by the Father. And that's not being for myself, fat and out of shape that bending over to tie my shoes causes me to be out of breath you know i I, i've experienced that it's not as bad now as it used to be but it still is bad 
right? Sometimes, uh, or you move something that shouldn't be heavy, that wasn't heavy a year ago, that's heavy now. Well, what's that telling us? That our temple is, is starting to starting to crumble. We haven't been doing the maintenance and the upkeep on our physical side. And when we have the discipline to work out, eat right, change our lives, eat the foods we need to be, put in our body what our f- bodies need to fuel us, right? When we're doing those disciplines, it leads to a stronger spiritual discipline of being in your Bible, reading your Bible, right? Because doing the physical stuff is hard. It hurts. It sucks, right? And so does growing in Christ. It, I mean, it doesn't suck, but it's hard. And some aspects of it do suck, but in the big picture, it's going to be worth it, right? In my notes, I put on here that we, as Christians, I'm not saying we should all look like the rock, but there should be no more dad bods in Christian men, period, or ever. Because if we're taking care of our temple, that means we are always ready, willing, and able to answer what God is going to move us into. And if our temple is a wreck, he's probably going to say, mm, no, I don't think you can uh, make this journey. And I don't want to miss out anymore on him calling me or putting me to work for him and for his cause and all that he has for me, not just part of it, not just sitting here talking to you on a podcast because I'm fat and out of shape and this is the easiest thing I can do to get his word out that I'm not physically able because of my bad choices, my bad habits on a daily way to do what he needs me to do. So I have to start rebuilding and cleansing my temple of the trash that goes into it. And once I start that discipline, my spiritual discipline will get even stronger. And if I don't have the spiritual or the physical discipline at this moment because maybe I have a spiritual discipline that is stronger than my physical. Because of that spiritual discipline, I can now take those principles of me getting up every morning at 4.30 in the morning and reading my Bible and praying and having my time with God that I can take those things that I do for God in that moment to build my relationship with him. Now I can start applying them to my physical aspects of what I need to do in order to be ready, 100% ready, physically, mentally, and spiritually, or spiritually, mentally, and physically for God's mission in my life. Right? So that is an area of my life that needs the biggest improvement. I need to continue to grow and spend my time with God spiritually. But at the same time, I have to be ready to move. You know, it's estimated as of 2023, there are 8 billion people on this planet. And still the estimation is 2.5 to 3 billion of those 8 billion have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. So what that tells me is that we are a lot of uh, out-of-shape Christians. Uh, that we are unable to physically handle the call that God has put on our life, especially as men, we are to set the tone, right? 
we're to set the standard. And if we're trying to set a standard in our home but are not meeting the same standard we expect, then it's probably not going to work. So as men, we have to be in a physical shape, which leads to spiritual shape, which leads to better homes, which leads to better communities, leads to better counties, which leads to better states, which leads to a better country, which leads to a better world. So with that, we've got joy, contentment, action, suffering, abundance, being a rebel, focusing on God, and cleaning out the temple. Right? And if we can start applying these eight steps into our life, one little bit at a time, each one, whatever one you feel is the most needed in your life, mine is cleaning my temple. I need to get my temple right. Yours may be operating from a place of abundance or doing more action in what you feel God is putting on your heart. Whatever it may be, we the point is we need to start implementing some form of these into our lives daily. Right? Or work until it becomes a good habit to break the bad habit. It doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be big. Small steps each and every day will build into, you know, it's kind of like Dave Ramsey and the debt snowball, right? A little bit goes a long way when you keep compounding and multiplying it. So if we can do these eight things daily, compounding them day after day after day, then we will be ready for what Christ has truly, truly called us to do in our lives. So with that, men, uh, I know this show is a little longer than most or the, for this season. Uh, I thank you for sticking around. I thank you for tuning in. Again, I pray that some part of this has struck something in you that God had intended it to in order to get you to move closer to what he has designed you to be and created you for. Um, that is my prayer. That is my hope. That is the whole purpose of this show is not to hear myself talk, but to help you and me grow together in Christ so that the brothers of Christ can make the change that we want to see in this world so men as you go out and do what you do today answer the call of men